TFA fam, what is going on? It is the TFA Dino Show. No, this is not Robbie Jeffries. It is one Sir Cody Cutzer filling in for him. The other half of the TFA Dino Show is here, though. My guy, Tom Corson. Good to be back on the uh, on the mic with you here, buddy. Yeah, man, you too. I, I've missed you. I also missed the hey a little bit because Robbie's kind of switched over to a more modern man approach of like the hey 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 like you know fat albert kind of thing whatever it's it's great i i love it you know he's 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 great but he's not doing the hey anymore i i thought i noticed that too i had to bring yeah. it back i don't know yeah. i don't know why why he's getting away from it it's more polished what he's doing now i'll i'll, I'll say that he doesn't sound like he's organizing a pep rally for a college uh when he says what he says now which he is quite literally doing as he is. as we speak. Yes. How about that? Weird fact. Well, speaking of, before we jump into it, let's uh let's let's go across the sport. Let's leave football for a second. Uh, March Madness obviously happening happening right now, and the three of us here with the, the TFA Dino Show are are well represented. Right. I for those who don't know, I recently relocated to North Carolina, so I got Duke UNC, which that's bonkers to me. That's the first time that game has actually happened. That it's that game Crazy. matchup is actually happening in the tournament, and then obviously Nova for you, and then the Jayhawks for uh, for Robbie. Yeah, man, pretty Thank cool. Peters. No, I'm I'm a little I'm a little upset though because you know Nova had probably their second best player, Justin Moore, tear and Achilles in the last minute. Of the game, <sighs> so that's that's rough. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they can overcome that. But Kansas is fucking trash, so I mean, should be fine. Rock chalk. <laughs> what does that even mean? Can anyone what? what is, rock chalk? What does what does that mean? I, I don't Does know. anyone know? I, I don't know. I, I think Robbie should be able to explain it, but he's never been able to explain it. Whenever you say what does rock chalk mean, he's just like rock chalk. <laughs> What, what does rock chalk mean, though? Like rock, rock chalk. <laughs> the more you say it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean it. He just gets you understand louder voice. Listen, you say it enough, you understand it. It becomes part of you. Rock chalk. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. it it's, it's been a good tournament so far, though, man. It's been a lot of good games. It has been. I've hit a couple of nice parlays, so it's been. It's been good. Who do you think ends up being the winner? Who's going to be cutting down the the? I guess not proverbial because they actually they literally do cut cut down the net. Who's going to be cutting down the net at the uh, at the end of March Madness? Uh, I will never say Duke because I hate Duke with a passion. I feel like Duke fans are like Cowboys fans. I know we're probably losing viewers. I just hate them. Uh, but but my age group, you know, if you didn't have a team, it was cool to just you know oh, I'm a Duke fan. I'm a Duke fan. And then the Duke fans were the Dallas fans. Uh, and then they had, you know, the same D on their hat and everything. And it's just like, I want to slap the shit out of you. So not Duke. Um, 
Honestly, I think the winner of the Nova Kansas game is going to wind up taking it. So I'm rooting for Nova, obviously. So but we're going to, I'm, I'm going to say Nova and then Kansas and then North Carolina and then fuck off Duke. So that means everybody should probably put their money on Duke. I hate him. Don't do it. Ever since I, I was never like anti Duke, but ever since Grayson Allen happened to Duke, that's just. Did you see him get the? Uh, he got a flagrant one against him uh, a couple couple games ago. Someone basically no. just clotheslined him. No. And at first, I saw the clip and I was like, "Oh my god, what a dirty play! Who is this?" Yeah. And then I saw it happen to Grayson Allen. I was like, "All right, all right." Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I've been a Nova fan going back to like Kerry Kittles. I don't know if you remember Kerry Kittles. Probably not. Mm-mm. He was one of the first dudes like to wear like the high white socks. So he had like the high white socks and uh, you know the the white the white sneakers and everything. It was you know it's Kerry Kittles man played for the Nets for a while. Good player, good player in college. I haven't had a a basketball team like from being from Pittsburgh, going to Penn State. So like Pitt was never in the conversation for me. Whenever they actually were a solid team there for for a couple of years. Penn State has never had a good mm. basketball program. So, like, I, I don't have a team. I guess now that I'm down here in, in North Carolina, I could I could pick one. Yeah, sure. That, that would that wouldn't be bandwagony, right? Since I live since I live here now. Yeah, if you or don't have I go for one, like and App you... State. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a team and you move somewhere, it's okay because I feel like if you're in the television range there where you're going to be able to watch other games it's acceptable just don't be a duke fan so that 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 i can promise you all right well let's uh let's get into the to the show here man we had obviously a a a wild off season so we're just going to go through position by position just talk about some of these guys who value has changed kind of see what the market is for them buying selling holding that sort of thing so let's kick it off with quarterbacks we'll just run through uh, a list here then we can kind of just jump into and we can start wherever you'd like but obviously we had Deshaun Watson landing recently with the Browns Russ Wilson got traded to the Broncos we had Jameis Winston and back up in New Orleans Wentz traded back to the NFC East to land with the Commanders Marcus Mariota landing in Atlanta with his former coach Arthur Smith and then obviously that meant Matt Ryan was out, and now he is in Indy taking over from Carson Wentz and obviously uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady staying with their respective teams. So dynasty-wise, man, who who jumps out to you? Any any guys you're buying, selling? What are the thoughts you have here on the movement at the quarterback position? Um, well, craziest year we've ever seen, ever. Uh, so that's pretty nuts. Legit. Um my my first thought was, and it was before it was like whatever, nothing really happened. And then the Raiders went out and traded for Devontae Adams, and Derek Carr all of a sudden, who's just kind of been like, you know, low QB one some years, uh, starts off hot sometimes, but for the most part, he's like dynasty fifteen to twenty. He's in that that group with like Cousins, Matt Ryan, Tannehill historically. Uh, because of age, some people knocked Brady down there. Uh, he's got some weapons, man, and he's got a coach. First getting Josh McDaniels, that's going to be a really good thing for him compared to what he's had. Um, McDaniels knows how to build an offense 
around its strengths as opposed to just trying to run a system. You get Adams, you get Runfro, you get Waller, Josh Jacobs. That's a lot of weapons as long as they stay healthy. Uh, by far the best of his career. So if you had Kirk Cousins in that tier I was talking about before, you're probably moving him up to the top or to the next the next tier, obviously. And you're probably thrilled because he was your QB2, QB3, right? If you had him as a QB1, then God, Godspeed. Uh, if you didn't, but now you have, if you didn't have Derek Carr before then, now you're going to have to pay like high QB2 cost to get him. Uh, might be worth the price though, because I think he's going to have a lot of QB10 upside from week to week. Uh, that being said, everybody has a price, so he's an intriguing sell because of that. So if you're going to flip him for another guy that we could talk about, Tua here, I, I would smash it. I doubt you're going to be able to flip him for that. You're going to have to add some stuff to Derek Carr. But Stafford isn't out of the realm because of the age, uh, and some people might really like the weapons. So, you know, there's a lot more you can do with Derek Carr now than you could uh, two weeks ago. So with Tua and Derek Carr to an extent, I guess the, the reason why I'm like – semi-hesitant, even though like all the points you made were obviously extremely valid, is just their security going forward, right? Derek Carr, unrestricted free agent next year. Uh, Tua, obviously, it seems like his entire career has been in limbo. And then the Dolphins also have two firsts next year. So I, I guess if you're making a move for Tua, it could make sense if you're a contender but I, I guess how, how much are you bumping Tua up with the addition of Tyreek Hill in that passing game? Uh, I think I had him at 15 in the 15 range. He's probably on that fringe, like QB 12 range now for me with, with the addition of Tyreek just because of the, the weapons that they've surrounded it's just been fantastic. And I've always been a little bit higher on Tua than a lot of people coming out with Miami. And then you get Mike McDaniels goes there. Excuse me. So I really like what he's doing. It's just the weapons that they have around him. If he fails, I mean, he's never going to get another starting job in the league. So they're setting him up for that. Uh, I was, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I saw what happened when they put weapons around Carson Wentz. It actually worked and the offense worked. Um, so that's what they're doing there. So I, I'm excited for it. Tua doesn't have to throw the ball 50 yards down the field. Um, you can do a lot of things if you look at the San Francisco offense. It's not necessarily all downfield. There's a lot of screens, quick hits. And when you have the type of athletes that they have, uh, you just have to account for everything, especially like with the jet sweeps. And they're going to incorporate shuffle passes. So he'll probably get a couple bullshit touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, that should be rushing touchdowns, but uh, yeah, no, another year in the system, another year off the hip injury. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be working with McDaniels as far as like how to actually throw the goddamn ball because McDaniels was a, a QB coach before. So uh, yeah, I'm just excited for that with, with him more than anything else. I'm glad you brought up the, the deep ball thing. Cause that's something like everybody piled on. When, you know, when that Tyreek Hill trade came through. And, like, does he have the, the Josh Allen arm? No. But, like, I, I think he's respectable. Like, I like I, I think, like, the hate went a little bit too far with him. So, sure, he's not going to be hitting Waddle and Hill 50 yards downfield. But can he hit them 20 yards downfield, 25 yards downfield? Absolutely. So, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what happens with Tua in this offense. 
And like you said, they're kind of setting it up for him to be an excuse-free year. So if, if it doesn't work this year, he's really not going to have any any excuses. And like I said, next year the Dolphins have two first, so they're probably going to move on from him rather quickly. Right, um, and they also the, shared up they they shored up the offensive line there too. I mean, they went out and signed yep. uh, Armstead, so the, their line's going to be better. He's going to have more time. He really has no goddamn excuse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. As far as cells, we, we kind of talked about this for literally three seconds before, before we jumped on. Mm-hmm. But um, any any cells for you out of this group or even you know some of the guys we were touching on that didn't necessarily have any, they didn't change places, but they had some uh, some change of scenery around them. Yeah, usually my cells are higher profile names because they're going to give me a bigger return. So mine would definitely be Deshaun Watson. Uh, his legal issues are solved from, you know, Spicy. he's not he's not going to jail, maybe a little bit. Uh, he's not going to jail, but he's still probably going to serve a suspension. He's going to a team with Amari Cooper, who's never had, what is it, has he never had a wide receiver 12 season? I, I think I saw that before. Never finished as a wide receiver 12 or better. I feel like I saw that today. I, I could I can't believe it, but I feel like I saw it. So I gotta we gotta look at it. Um but he's got Cooper, he's got Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Then they have Donovan Peoples Jones, Shaquem Regrant. They tagged Njoku for whatever the hell reason they did. They have Harrison Bryant. You wanna tell me this team is all of a sudden gonna throw 40 times a game, by the way? like Watson had to yeah. do in, in Houston when they were losing all the time. They have a good defense, so it's a better team. It's not all, all of a sudden the team's not going to go out there and, and be running the goddamn oop-de-oop like, like it's cool in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four, five wide receivers? What? Yeah, you like that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> throw in the fact that they, they don't have a first-round pick for the next two years, and it's going to be tough to reload at that wide receiver position. Yeah. Unless they draft really well late. I just don't know how we can treat him as a top eight quarterback uh, for the next two years, especially this year. He's not going to finish as a points per game, whatever. You can use that metric instead as a top eight, I don't think, uh, which is what some people are doing because of the name value. I mean, the value there is too juicy for me not to try and, and sell him if you have him, especially if you acquired him like dirt cheap now would be the time to flip him because yeah. of how much you're going to wind up getting back for it. So yeah, that, that's Deshaun Watson. Get out, get out of my kitchen. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a name. I, I didn't necessarily have out there as a sell, but like as a put up on the trade block, you know, in your, in your group chat for your league, kind of float his name out there to see what kind of response you get. Cause like you said, Everyone is basically just throwing him back in their top three, top five in terms of dynasty rankings, right? And probably rightfully so, probably where he, you know, more or less belongs. But if you can sell him at, you know, QB5 value and either, you know, drop down a tier or within the same tier and potentially pick up, you know, a couple assets on top of that, that is definitely worth, you know, looking to see if you can do that sort of thing in your league. And I think you can do the same thing with Russ Wilson, right? Um, I don't think he necessarily got a bump in value by switching teams. 
I think the 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 weapons are you know pretty pretty similar in terms of in terms of value, right? Obviously, going from DK and Lockett to Judy and Cortland Sutton, like that's that's pretty damn nice, especially as far as quarterbacks are concerned. You typically don't see that kind of movement, and then basically just kind of sidestepping along with it. Uh, Thirty three years old, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think he's getting some hype now that he's out from underneath the old wrinkly ball sack of Pete Carroll. But (laughs) (laughs) in the three years that Hackett was the OC of Green Bay, the Packers were right at league average in terms of pass and run ratio or actually underneath. I think the, the second year that Hackett was there, they were actually below average and put and pass to run ratio. So I don't know that we're going to see all of a sudden, you know, Russ, cooking which led to a fire in denver stadium by the way uh, i don't think we're all, all of a sudden going to see him chucking it around the yard so again i think if you can maybe trade him and then bump up you know uh bump up a tier that's something i might i might look to do and obviously all, all a lot of this depends on if you're playing in super flex if you're a contender if you're you know rebuilding that sort of thing but that that's kind of where I'm sitting with these guys in terms of cells. Yeah, he definitely didn't get a downgrade when he moved. Uh, I would right. say lateral. Which, if you're a quarterback and you go from a team that has you know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and you get a lateral movement as, as far as like wide receiver, then you're doing pretty good. Um, it's an upgrade for those guys more than anything else, not necessarily for Russ. Uh, where it's better for Russ is now you have a different offensive coach who might give him the opportunity to, you know, throw the ball 50, 55 to 60% of the time where he's been closer to the, you know, lower 50%. So he's going to get those extra attempts, hopefully in Denver. And then when you look at the AFC West, we're going to see some shootouts, man. We really yeah. are. Um, yeah. Javante can catch the ball, obviously. So that's that's a good one. Uh, I saw Hackett said basically we're gonna let Russ do you know what what he's good at. And you're like, okay, well that's that's nice. What's what's he not good at? Like, he's, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's good at handing the ball off too. I, I don't. <laughs> I love coach speak. I love this time of year when when you see all that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I, I like Russ a lot. He didn't get a a knock at all. Didn't get a bump. It's just a different different spot for him. So. Where where you get where you get the possible bump is him essentially being reinvigorated as a player and you know maybe puts in more work with everybody just because it's a new place new coach he's excited but that's all like stuff you can't measure. One last thing that that I have and I don't know if you want to plug your ears for this or not, Tom, but I can't think Carson Wentz is a buy in well, I mean, in, su- in super flex leagues. If you put grated Parmesan cheese on top of a turd, it's still, uh, I mean, it's got Parmesan cheese on it. I'm, I'm more of a peanut butter guy on top of a turd than the, than the Parmesan cheese. But I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think the the overall, like, thoughts and opinions on Carson Wentz is that he's just, like, absolute, you know, dog shit. He sucks. He's the worst. And there is the Week 18 game to... <laughs> to look at and say, look, here's my proof. 
But I think specifically was... for super flex leagues, like if if you're looking for a cheap QB two, I think he's completely fine as your as your QB two. Now the ceiling, you know, definitely isn't there, right? But that's not what I what I'm getting at. I think, like I said, with with a, a cheap QB two, if you're not wanting to pay up and have you know two, you know, let's say two top ten, two top twelve quarterbacks in super flex. I think Wentz could be a, a sneaky buy. I mean, he he put up mid QB two numbers last year, and that was despite Indy being a bottom five team in pass run ratio. In ten of his games last year, he had at least seventeen fantasy points in in those ten games. I think he had a couple twenty point games as well. Again, not a massive seat, not a massive ceiling. He's not going to be the reason why you win weeks. But I think in Superflex, if he's your QB2, QB3 potentially, and you can get him on the cheap, I, I'm i interested. It's not bad for Terry McLaurin. It's not bad for Antonio Gibson. I, I still don't really like it a lot for Carson Wentz. Their, their line's not not great, obviously. They do, they do lose Scherf as well, which doesn't right. help. Uh, and when he doesn't have time to throw, he panics. And that's my biggest concern with him is he just he, he just doesn't know what he's doing when he doesn't have blocking in front of him. Uh, so we saw, you know, what, what when he had good blocking this year, he, he played well. Um, and when that broke down a little bit, he was just – he's a fucking hot mess. And I know you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks, but watching Carson Wentz deal with, you know, pressure it's it's been bad it's been bad to say the least i'm being i'm trying to be as nice as i possibly can here uh but if yeah, you like, I, don't, I don't think i don't think he's a, a league winner by any means but like i said oh, no. it's like a you know mid qb2 like I, I don't think he's necessarily going to like be someone who you're gonna like flip next year but i think if you're a contender and you need a cheap qb2 potentially qb3 yeah, so if you had to pick, who would you take for this season, Trubisky or Carson Wentz? Wentz, just because I can't, I can't do it. I can't give me Trubisky. Give me Trubisky. I love, I love it. It's basically the word. Yeah, we're, we're... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hate, 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 hate. It's called hate ball. Where, where where do you I guess we'll, we'll mention him before we before we jump uh, to over to running back since you just brought him up, but with Trubisky, like what what are your expectations for him? Obviously, you know TFA's president CEO Kev Steele had been pounding the table for Trubisky to land in Pittsburgh before that was even a rumor. That was like at the end of the year when Kev was saying that. Um, that was, but that was more of a, a like a fuck you, Cody. Oh, I can't wait to see it just so I can. Make he fun he of you secretly loves day. Trubisky. That's what that was. Oh, he he does. But his his love for him, coupled with just watching you squirm because he would talk about Trubisky so much. He's gonna, you know, the first week I can already tell what the first show is gonna be. Trubisky's gonna be a top ten quarterback this week, <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> They could be playing the Chargers or the Bills or whatever. Trubisky's going to be a top ten quarterback. This it doesn't even matter. It's going to be fantastic. So he's just a mess. Where, where, where do you? I don't know if you have rankings done. I, I, I guess 
you would have dynasty rankings. So, but I, for for redraft, what's your like general range for Trubisky this year? All right, guys, I'd take him above. How about we do that? Uh, Davis Mills, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Wentz. He's on the fringe of Jameis Winston. Matt Ryan. So he's right outside Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan. So probably like QB 25, 24, right in that range. You really do hate Carson Wentz, don't you? No, I just I, I look at how he plays football, and I know he's not good anymore. <laughs> it has nothing to do with hating him personally. Godspeed. All right, before this turns into to absolute hate fest, let's go over to running back. Really didn't have a lot of movement there. I don't have a ton to talk about, but Fournette going back to Tampa, James Conner going back to Arizona, Rashad Penny going back to Seattle, Chase Edmonds landing in Miami, and then Ronald Jones ending up with KC just a a day ago, two days ago at the at the time we're recording this. So uh, with, with these guys, or again, guys who have had some changes around them, but maybe they stay with the same team, what stands out to you at running back in terms of any kind of value changes and where you uh, see the market for Dynasty? So most intriguing for me is James Conner and Fournette because they gained value without switching places because they lost their backup running back, so to speak. Ronald Jones, who was you know a non-factor and basically inactive, and Chase Edmonds, who was hurt for a lot of the season and then didn't really factor in a lot towards the end of the season. Uh, <clears throat> as far as that with James Conner, no idea he, uh, how long he's going to be able to produce. You know, He was the RB5 last year, but at the same time, he's got a ton of upside. And when you look at the state of like the older running back values that are like decreasing by the second, he doesn't cost a ton to acquire at all. So... You can get some really good value out of him, give you some, you know, RB1 upside, uh, and he's not going to cost a ton. ton. Fournette, on the other hand, is probably going to cost, you know, (laughs) quite a bit more to acquire. Um, Just because we saw what he did last year, he's got better name recognition, and he's much more likely to be able to sustain that over the long haul. It's funny you mention that because those are both guys that I want to (laughs) sell. Because of everything right. you were you were just talking about. Like I could see with you know Fournette being, you know, if, if you're a contender again, you obviously want to keep him, right? But let's say Brady retire actually truly really retires this time, right? Let's say he retires. Now you're looking at Fournette being 28 years old on an offense that the outcomes are more likely that that offense is going to be worse once Brady leaves rather than it being like, you know, equal or, you know, in, in the same kind of ballpark. And then with, with James Conner, this dude just can't stay healthy. I'm not going to say that he's injury prone, but he has not played a full 16 game uh, or 17 game regular season. However you want to slice it uh, in his entire career. And now if they're not going to have somebody to take the touches off of him, like, like a chase Edmonds, I just don't see that working out very well for him. So I think if you can sell, you know, obviously if you are not a contender, I'm trying to get rid of Fournette 100%. And then I think James Conner could be someone who's like one of those like 
sneaky, like I'm going to mess up your team. Like even if I'm a contender, <laughs> I might be like, hey, if you guys want to come get James Conner, I'll, I'll even give you two at a fair price just to like mess up someone else's team. And like I, I really don't want to – I'm not looking to buy any of these running backs to be completely honest. Like Ronald yeah. Jones, sell him. I, I wish Robbie were here for this conversation. Oh. But sell him. Yeah. If, if he's landing with Casey, here. He, he, he wouldn't have hit my trade bait fast enough if I Dude. had him in any league as soon as that signing came across the, the wire. If you can get any pick of substance for him this year, please do. Like, Rojo is a trap. Like, he's what Admiral Akbar in fucking Star Wars was actually looking at. I mean, yippee! He went to Kansas City. Like, the only way he does anything in any game ever in the history of the world is if he gets close to 20, 20 touches. It's not going to happen in KC. Uh, I mean, you can trade him now before the draft uh, if you think they might take a running back early-ish. Or wait until the summer hits and, like, you go, like, full hype mode. And you're going to be able to get like a 2023, like for late, like projected late first or some shit because it's a Kansas City running back. It's just these Rojo, like the hive. Oh, I love it. I love it. And there obviously couldn't have been a better landing spot in terms of flipping him for value, right? Like, no, this is it. This is the, this is the nut spot. So if if you can get out from underneath, what what is the what would be like the the lowest pick? Let's put a pick on it. Um, what what's the the lowest pick that you would take for Rojo? I'd take a mid second, like. But here's the problem: I I would definitely take a mid second because he's not worth a mid second. That being said, if you wait, <laughs> you're going to be able to get more because people are going to be like, oh. Oh, Rojo, did you see the tape where he was training with the guys and he was all fast and stuff like that? He looked good and he was in shape and everything. Like, just wait a little bit (laughs) until, like, hype season hits and, like, that right in that dead period where there's nothing going on, Rojo's going to send a picture and he's not going to have a shirt on. Or it's going to be, like, one of those things that's just completely empty where it's like, hey, Patrick Mahomes texted Rojo. Right. And he said, you're a baller. Right. They're like that could literally be the piece that would just right. send Dynasty Twitter into a frenzy. Which is why it's like he's for me he's a sell, but he's a hold because like the the Dynasty You're Twitter waiting. like the world is just like oh okay yeah no I, I think I'm gonna wait. The problem is they're gonna go out there and they're gonna wind up taking like Isaiah Spiller or some shit like that in the first round because they have two picks and they're like well whatever we're just gonna keep taking running backs until we hit just for Kevin like wishing Trubisky on you and it happening. I need the Chiefs to take Isaiah Spiller over Brees Hall and every other wide receiver available in the first round this year to see Kev's head explode. I need it to happen. And then they double up and reach on like a a speedster running back in like the fourth. Ah, yeah. It's going to be we got David Bell though, man. He's gonna he's gonna replace Chris, er, Tyreek. Hey, listen, that, that's where I gotta draw the line. All right. As much as I would like to see Kevin fully implode, there will be no David Bell slander. I will not allow it. I was saying that he's not gonna yet. replace Tyreek. Not yet, anyway. All right. 
So the, the the one guy I want to throw out here that did not have the the change of scenery is but I think is someone I would be knocking on the knocking on the door of and kicking the tires of the the owner in your league is Joe Mixon. Just with what the Bengals did to their offensive line with the, with the names they added, obviously with getting Kappa, they got Collins, and they also added the the interior lineman Ted Carras as well. So I think that is something sneaky. The, the only thing is, is you just have to hope that the Joe Mixon guy in your league doesn't already own Joe Mixon, right? I, I feel like every league has one, and as long as your league, the guy who is the Joe Mixon guy does not have him. Because if it is the Joe Mixon guy, you're not getting him, right? Like they're not going to sell him to you for for anything reasonable anyway. But that that is definitely a name where I would be kind of like kicking the tires and seeing, you know, what what the price might be because that's just another one of those running backs that everyone loves to hate for whatever reason. And we saw him outside of just the the dumbest situations when they would take him off the field, especially on third down and put Samaj P. Ryan in there, he got the workload that we always wanted him to get. You know what I mean? Like the, some of the pass catching, not necessarily all there, but outside of that, and if that defense is going to be a little bit better and that offensive line is going to be better too, I can't imagine they want Joe Burrow dropping back as many times as he has the past couple of years, especially with the injury that he had. So that is a name that I would be seeing what the, the going rate might be in your leagues. And I really haven't seen a lot of a lot of talk or a lot of hype with Mixon on the on the no. Twitter timeline, which not that that's the end all be all, but that drives a lot of value in a lot of leagues for better or for worse. Right. So he might be someone who you can kind of sneak in there and maybe be able to add him to your roster, you know, maybe for not the top eight kind of running back price that it should cost to acquire him. Well, I mean, Joe Mixon is – how old is he, 25 now? So he's dead. He's going to be 26 soon? Yeah. So so Joe Mixon, he's dead. He's dead according to Dynasty Twitter. Like, he's dead. Dalvin's dead. Kamara. They're all dead, uh, which is fun. Uh, I am a Joe Mixon guy. Um, I have traded him one time ever, and I felt – but I had to do it. And uh, it was last year, and I traded him for the Debbie League, and I got Javante, which looks pretty good straight up now as far as dynasty value. Uh, and I got the Debbie pick, and I used on Tank Bigsby. So I feel pretty good about that move right now. Okay. That's okay. a humble brag. <laughs> Just had to slide that in there. Anyone else at the at the running back position you want to talk about, or should we go to wide receivers? That's going to be the next three hours of the show. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to wide receiver. The future is a hefty responsibility, and not one that we take lightly. But then, taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, so I'm not going to run through the, the list here because obviously we have 
two massive names, two massive trades that I just want to start this off with and, and jump right into with the wide receivers. Obviously, that's Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Both of these guys, the their values dropped, right? I, the, the question is, yes. how much did they drop? Because they, they both went to worse situations. Um, you know, you, you were talking about Derek Carr maybe being a sneaky buy right now, but that's still a drop-off, obviously, from Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense. And then Tyreek Hill, I, he, to me, obviously, I, I hope this isn't a hot take, he dropped much further than Devontae Adams did for me. So how much did those two wide receivers drop for you once those trades came through? Uh, well, as you know, Tyreek is my boy. Uh, there's, I don't, I was sad to see him go from, it still hurts, but I don't really know. I, I had him before as my wide receiver four. And right now he's in like that five to eight range, I believe. Um, in redraft, he's going to drip. He's going to drop further in dynasty because he's still going to give you, I think he's going to wind up being a, you know, mid to to low end wide receiver one. He just doesn't have that wide receiver one overall upside anymore. That's the the tough part. And Adams he dominated because he got what 13 targets a game. You know what I mean? Uh, and they didn't have anything else there. When you have Waller and Renfro, he's not necessarily going to be the security blanket. So I had them I had Hill ahead of Adams before. I still have him slightly ahead of him but man it's it's such a hit it, it really is such a hit but it's yeah. it's more because it, it it takes them out of that wide receiver one for 2022 overall range that knocks them down so much they're still going to probably wind up being wide receiver ones you know barring injury because they're that good it's just the the idea of you know, them being able to overtake Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup next year, one of, one of those guys, something like that. So that that's the tough part for me. So because there hasn't been literally like one positive thing written or spoken about either of these receivers with these moves, are, are you trying to buy either one? And if so, who? Uh, I would... Oh, fuck, man, probably You're not. To say no. Probably not. Like I really want. Okay. So I have I have two teams where I own both of them on the same team. Yikes! So that hurt. Like I have I have that team also mwah, has Kyle Pitts mwah, who went mwah. from Matt Ryan. To, uh, yeah, it's just rough, man. Like I I still the one team it's a home leg and I'll. I still have Justin Jefferson, and that's like a dominant league. But so instead of scoring like twenty seven hundred points, I might only score like twenty four fifty <laughs> or twenty five hundred. So it's not a big deal, but it's like, what the fuck, man? It's rough. I really don't think I'm going to buy either one of them. Like I, I don't in redraft. I'm not going to have a problem drafting either one of them for where they're going to wind up going, probably. Right. Uh, because that. Everybody's going to be so down on them. They're going to wind up being values in redraft when it, when it comes around. I think, but as far as dynasty, I I don't I don't know. Like I I don't even I don't know what I would would take. 
I don't know what I would want. I looked up the other day because somebody really likes Devontae Adams and he has Jamar Chase. And I have the 106. And I said, if I offer Devontae Adams in the 106 for Jamar Chase, how far off is that? And that's like almost another first-round pick off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And three weeks ago, (laughs) that was, was not the case. No. Not like not even close. Now I'm still like 106 and Devontae Adams for Jamar Chase. Probably not doing if I'm the Jamar Chase owner. Uh, not in this class. But at the same time, the value you can say is like, well, it's not like a horrible offer. If you offered that to me today, I'd be like, fuck off. What what are you doing? Like that's the difference. That's the big difference to me. The same thing with Tyreek. You can put Tyreek in there. Tyreek in the 106 for Jamar Chase, you're probably saying, fuck off. Yeah. Not even close. And and to think about that, if you would have said that a month ago. Yeah. Like that's so that's the big difference of the trades. It's like, okay. And then when you put like the trades on paper and then you look at it, you're like, God damn, man. Like you want you want to cry yourself to sleep. So we had a lot of other uh movement as well. Uh you know, speaking of Tyreek Hill, we had Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling end up with the Chiefs. Godwin went back to Tampa. We had Amari Cooper, who you already touched on. Allen Robinson, baby, going to the Rams. Robert Woods being traded to the Titans after A-Rob was signed. Uh, Gallup got his money with Dallas. James Washington ended up there as well. Mike Williams with the Chargers. DJ Chark to the Lions. Then we had Christian Kirk and Zay Jones to the Jags. Russell Gage, which is pretty sneaky, I think, going to Tampa, obviously with Tom coming back. And then Alan Lazard basically being the only thing left in Green Bay. He got that second round tender. So out of, out of this group, anyone really stand out to you in terms of you know buy, sell, stash, that sort of thing? Uh, so... Christian Kirk, man. I know a lot of people are buying up Christian Kirk like the Jags, but, you know, he was going as the wide receiver 54 the last time DLF did ADP. Wow. 54. Below Rondale. Below Shark. Below Jahan, Jahan Dotson. David Bell. Below David Bell. Below George Pickens. Below Adam Thielen. Uh, I mean... He got paid. And if you think about that, Doug Peterson is going to chuck the ball. He's the number one target. He's going to get him the ball. And the one thing Doug can do is scheme to get some wide receivers open. I know this because I had to watch that shit show in Philly. And the only way that they got Greg Ward open was fucking scheme. When I see Greg Ward have like three yards of separation on somebody making catches and meaningful games, you're just like, "How, how did that just happen? It's Greg Ward. Uh, Greg Ward, if you're listening to the show, you're a great guy. Uh, not listening to the show, but you get my point. So he—that's going to be the best slot receiver he's had. And the other thing is, we saw Nelson Aguilar. You know, his best season was when he was running out of the slot there, and he had a really good fantasy year. Um, so Christian Kirk, I would say, is better than Nelson Aguilar. He's the wide receiver one there, man. Uh, I mean, come on, I'm going to buy him up, especially because he's not—he's <laughs> not going to cost a lot to acquire. Yeah, I agree, and especially, I mean, we, I guess we could have mentioned Trevor Lawrence in the, the quarterback yeah. discussion as well, but 
you know, with with as much hype as Lawrence had for as long as he had it, and then to come in and just completely fall on his face, which you know, you you could chalk that up to a, a bunch of different reasons, but he got I think that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was just not not a great year all around for that entire team and the the, the weapons they had and everything else, and then ETN getting injured and whatnot. So I, I'm with you on Christian Kirk. I think he is someone who you could buy it wide receiver three, wide receiver four prices. Yeah, and you should be able to. It's weird because going from Kyler in a what should have been a better situation to what is potentially a worse situation. But I, I, I do like the the outlook for, for Christian Kirk, so I'm with you there. So with Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling landing in KC, I, I think we're both expecting the Chiefs to use a wide use one of their first-round picks on a wide receiver, and I'm not going to be surprised at all whenever they add more in the draft as well. Are you interested in buying either one of those guys right now before the draft? Is that something you think you would rather do after the draft? What do you think about, you know, Juju and MVS in this Kansas City offense? I'm going to stay away from it probably and wait and see what they wind up picking. Um, especially with, with Juju, he's just not cost attainable for me based on what his value, what might wind up being. So I'm not really sure how much I can lay down on Juju. His contract situation is really, really, really incentive-based. Um which is an interesting way to do it. And the other thing that I, I saw that was interesting was they were talking about uh, they knew that they were probably going to trade Tyreek for about a week. Uh, and then they signed Juju in that time frame where the Chiefs knew that they basically weren't going to sign him. I wonder if Juju had any idea or if the Chiefs are just like, yeah, fuck off. Uh, and they gave him because Juju held so much more leverage. Uh, if <laughs> look at the look at the contract MVS got. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so that's the that's kind of crazy part. So I wonder if Juju kind of feels like he got screwed out of some money there. But I'm probably not going to buy him because it's going to be cost prohibitive to get Juju and MVS. I don't believe in at all. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see. MVS get uh get that kind of money, but I I don't know what what the guarantee was, so I don't know if this is like a Christian Kirk type of situation where it's just like oh my god, you see how much he got paid, and then you get the the guaranteed details come out, and you're just like oh all right, well that's not nearly yeah. as bad as what I thought. But um another team that that I would think would be doing a lot in the draft, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, is the Browns with Amari Cooper. Now, whenever Baker was the quarterback, everybody was dumping on Amari, right? Like, oh, my God, he's dead. I want nothing to do with him. How much have your thoughts changed, or I guess if they've changed at all, with Amari now that Watson is going to be the quarterback for eight games, 10 games, you know what I mean? Whatever it ends up being in 2022. Is is he someone who has, has the buying window passed? 
because obviously it, with them trading trading some of those picks, that's another team that's not going to be able to load up and be able to do much, you know, in terms of like really changing that wide receiver group year one. But I, I guess just your your thoughts on Cooper, and then we can start talking about a couple of these other guys. Well, it's a lot better than it, it was with, with Baker. I'll tell you that. However, I, I talked about the volume earlier on. I don't know how how he's gonna do with the volume. He's not he's not AJ Brown as far as talent goes, where he can, you know, be a, a top eight wide receiver on, you know, eight targets five a game. Tar- yeah, yeah, five targets a game. Jesus Christ. He's like, wow. So your buying window probably has passed a little bit there, and I don't think he's going to be worth the cost it is to acquire him. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from Amari. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious what what that price is to to get him. I mean, like, I like. I don't even have like. If I were going after Cooper, I, I'm really not sure where where I would start. Just like in in a vacuum, without looking at the you know the, the other team and what their yeah. needs are and how they're constructed, like I that, that he's one of these guys where I just like where where do you even start with Cooper? Well, draft picks. Are you trading the ten pick away in a superflex league form? Uh, I don't think twelve. Can you ask me this after? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right. I don't know, man. I, right? Where, you know, rewind the clock back 12 months, and that's that's an automatic for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's really I, interesting. If uh, if I, I'd be curious to hear if you're listening to this, hit us up on Twitter at ff underscore authority. And let us know if you've made a Cooper trade or if you've tried to get Cooper. I, I just I just want to get an idea of like where people are with him because he's one that I, I honestly have no idea what to do with. But uh, a couple of these other guys, uh, obviously, you know, having me on here, we can't go another minute without me talking about Allen Robinson and just how damn happy I am for this guy, man. Finally landing one, just one on a good team. Let's just start there. Let's just start with he's on a good team. And then let's talk about the quarterback he has. And then let's talk about the offensive system that he's in. And then the little cherry on top here is Robert Woods being shipped out of town. Like, like it is all lining up for Allen Robinson to have a massive, massive bounce back year. And as much as, like, the dynasty community wants to talk about, like, Oh man, we don't care what happens year to year. This is the long game. You see shit happen on a week to week basis with dynasty football in terms of value changes. So I I am not entirely sure how much obviously the price from end of 2021 A-Rob until now has changed, right? But I don't think it's going to be at a point where if you're a contender and you're looking for a let's just say wide receiver three kind of kind of play that I don't think he's unattainable for that kind of spot on your dynasty roster. No, I and think if you think, and if you think about it, uh, we were talking about Cooper cup and Robert Woods, both being able to be wide receiver ones. You know what I mean? Both being top 12 wide receivers. And before Robert Woods injury, he was a wide receiver one. 
So you know that offense can support two top 12 wide receivers, and Allen Robinson is a stud and is the best quarterback he's ever played with. And he does not cost that kind of uh, you know capital in there. No, he costs a lot more than he, he did a, a month ago. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> let's go here, Rob. I'm I'm so excited as a as a Penn State alum. I am just I'm like it like generally like makes my heart my heart happy warm to yeah like I all warm and fuzzy and I don't think it's the the fact that I'm on my second pounder of IPA. I, I think that might help a little bit, but I think it's a lot of this a Rob talk that's making it uh, end up you know, making me feel. A little bit more that way, but is there anybody else here at the wide receiver position you want to talk about? Obviously, Alan Lazard, like he's interesting, even though he's basically the the wide receiver one for Green Bay right now. I still think he is super cheap. If you want to go out and try and snag him, um, I I don't think that I think Green Bay obviously has to do something else. And now the fact they have the, the two first round picks. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach the draft, but I still think at worst he's going to be the wide receiver too. So I think that's a name that you could go out if you're looking for somebody on the cheap, cheap. Uh, Russell Gage, like I said, I think is really, really interesting as the wide receiver three there kind of crushes um, any any Tyler Johnson love. You know, for I, I don't know where you were sitting with Tyler Johnson. Tom, but that's someone who I, who I really liked and was still rocking with even through all the you know the the craziness and the fall that he had in dynasty circles. But I think Russell Gage is really interesting, especially with Chris Godwin having that late season uh, knee injury as well. Like he's going to be the wide receiver two there, probably for a couple weeks. I don't know how quickly Godwin's going to be back, but you know Gallup, Mike Williams, you know DJ Chark, any any of these other guys you want to talk about. No, I mean, obviously, Amari leaving helps Gallup a ton. They basically chose Gallup and Schultz over Amari, uh, which is interesting. So that shows you, you know, where they're leaning there. Mike Williams staying is good. Uh, and, you know, Shark going to the Lions is whatever. Were you – I don't know this. Were you an Amonra guy at all? Uh, not really. Still not. Did that did even with you not being a an Amonra St. Brown guy, did Chark going there like change anything for you with, with Amonra? Like did you bump him down in terms of value at all? No, not really. I mean it's I it's tough to gauge those Good wide receivers there. Uh, you know, with Jared Goff and if Shark moves your needle down for Amonra, then were you really an Amonra guy? Obviously, I'm a little biased because I was a Monra guy, but I I'm on the same page as you, except I just have a little bit of a, a rosier view on a Monra in in the sense that like DJ Chark shouldn't have changed. Anything. No, it shouldn't. So, um, and then I, I will just say you mentioned that Mike Williams staying with the Chargers is a is a good thing. He would be a sell for me. Just because if, if you have someone in your league who obviously the time to trade him would have been after what the first like four or five weeks where he was averaging 170 yards and what seemed like three touchdowns 
every single game. That would have been the time to get out on him if you weren't a Mike Williams believer. But if you're going to have someone in your league who is kind of like, who thinks he can at least be closer to what he was last year than he was, what, the first five years, four years of his career, he's someone who I would look to move because I, I'm, I'm not sold on Mike Williams after that, after the little stint that he had, even though I love Justin Herbert. I think Herbert's a stud and obviously a lot of other people do as well, but I'm, I'm not sold on Mike Williams being able to replicate even on like a per game basis. Cause obviously he had a lot of, a lot of valleys as well to go with those peaks, even on like an average, like per game basis. I'm, I'm not sold on him. So who'd you rather have Gallup or Mike Williams? Gallup. What's the difference? I think Gallup is good at football. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're stealing my answers, man. <laughs> it, it is a very apt answer at this point in time. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I think we saw, like I said, what, four or five years of Mike Williams being just, and, and obviously he didn't have Justin Herbert that entire time. And the offense was different and that sort of thing. But I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just not sold. I don't think all of a sudden that he that that's the only thing he needed, right? And it's not like you know Philip Rivers at the point where Mike Williams came into play is not the same as Justin Herbert, right? But it's not like we're talking about you know some dog shit quarterback there either. Yeah, but it was it was rough because at that point in Rivers' career, he couldn't throw the ball deep, and you know that's kind of. Williams excels at the, the the deep ball, the jump ball, the you know, uh, so it's it's tough for me. Uh, and I, you're talking, I I traded Mike Williams for Gallup in a second, so I'm kind of with you. So you you love that trade, but that's it's really tough, man. Because if he stays healthy, then that offense is going to hum. But the, again, I'm that's the whole thing. I'm it's gonna, if he stays I'm healthy. Gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Speaking I, of, I think that I think it's sorry. I, I think it's probably another team that would like to do something in the draft with their wide receiver group as well, right? Like, I, I know a lot of people like Josh Palmer. He obviously did well whenever he was given the opportunity when one of those guys was injured or COVID or not playing, right? But outside of that, then you have Jalen Guyton. After that, like, I, I think that's a team that would probably like to do something in the draft as well. And then, you know, potentially a tight end too. But and anyway, that that's that that's a team that's loaded up on defense. And now I'm really, really interested to see what they do on the offensive side of the ball with the with the draft. But um, tight end, you know, like it seemed like it was going to be a crazy year for tight end. We had all these guys that were going to go places, and we got a bunch of tags. You already talked about him. Joku got the tag. Gasecki got the tag as well. Obviously, Fant was traded to the Seattle as part of that Rust deal. Seattle went out and did Seattle things and then also signed Will Disley after the Noah Fant trade. Uh, obviously, we have Albert O as the as the last man standing in Denver. And then somewhat similarly, we had Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma both go to the Jets. And then we had Evan Ingram go to... Jacksonville 
And then the the one that's that's sneaky here that that I'll just throw out here, and then I'll let you give your thoughts on tight ends. We'll wrap up here because I don't think either of us has uh, a lot to say with with this group. But Ricky Seals Jones <laughs> going going to the Giant. I think it's semi sneaky, more so for redraft purposes. But with Evan Ingram gone, Kyle Rudolph gone. They have a wide receiver group that can't stay healthy. We saw Ricky Seals-Jones on a bad Washington offense be able to give us tight end one numbers. And not that that's a, a high bar by any means, but I think maybe if you're like in a, in a tight end premium league or if you're someone who just kind of like streams and you don't want to deal with like paying a lot, Ricky Seals-Jones I think could be like somewhat sneaky with, with Dable coming in there. I, I think he could be a very cheap – like he might be on the waiver wire in some dynasty leagues, especially since he was hurt at the end of the season. And then depending on what like your league's you know, IR and taxi situation is while you're in, you're in the in offseason if you have to move everyone up to the active roster. But he could be someone who's super cheap that might give you like – nine points a game, you know what I mean? Something like that in, in that general range. And at tight end, you're you're talking about literally a, a, tight, a tight end one if they're averaging nine points per game. So I think I think he's somewhat sneaky. But uh Tom finishes out just any any general thoughts on this tight end class. Ugh. Oh man, I hate these tight ends. Well uh, that says it all guys. Well yeah, right. So Two things. I, I I hate Evan Ingram. I hate him. But if he can stay healthy and on the field in a Doug Peterson offense that runs 12 personnel close to 50% of the time, like he, he might be top 12 just based on volume. Uh, that's disgusting. Uh, those are all the words I can say about Evan Ingram. Uh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Gusecki, uh, I hate myself for it, but when they go out and they get Tyreek and they have Waddle, they can both run in the slot. It's obviously going to like eat into his numbers. Tyreek's awesome in the red zone, so I'm assuming Gusecki doesn't all of a sudden just jump up to eight touchdowns next year because that's what he's going to have to do in order to probably be a top eight to ten tight end. Uh, so, I mean, I'd attach a pick to him, try and upgrade to a guy like Dallas Goddard if I could. I'd absolutely consider doing a mid to late second round pick on top of Gisecki. I know that's a bit rich, but um, just to see if you can get Dallas Goddard, see if you can get a fourth back, a third back, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But that's what I feel like that gap is between Gisecki and and, uh, Goddard now, who I have as my tight end five, I think. I think it's also going to be really interesting to see how McDaniel uses – Gasecki. Like if yeah. he's trying to replicate that San Fran type of system, uh, that's not going to be good yeah. news for Gasecki. He is not a good blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. That's not what he is. And then obviously you look at you know where he came from with Kittle. Kittle's a monster when it comes to blocking. Like he's not like, ah, you know, he's all right, but he's also a move tight end. Kittle's a stud across the board. He, he can literally do – he's a maniac at, with, with blocking. Gasecki is not that. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how he is used in that system and in that offense. And like you said, and then you add on Tyreek Hill 
being added to the fold. So it's uh, he might be someone who you might want to look to trade away. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I love Gasecki. Hey, Penn State tight end, yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Me as well. All right, we appreciate all of you rocking with us while you're listening to this in the evening, morning, lunchtime. Taking a deuce. I don't know. However you're listening, we don't mind. Hit us with a sub if you're not yet subscribed. Give us a rate and review over on the podcast as well. It really helps us grow without you telling people what your what your secret is, where you're getting all this wonderful entertainment and this wonderful information. We appreciate all you guys. Keep locked in here, and we'll be back with more not been two weeks from shore when down under a right whale bore The captain called all hands on shore, he'd take that whale and tow